The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. And it has been a big, big day, and that is no understatement. There is now a two-tier football championship. We'll discuss that in just a bit. We'll hear from Tracy Kennedy and former GA President Sean Kelly about that following today's Congress at Porky Cueve. Ireland hammered by New Zealand today. We'll have more on that in a bit. It was all the ball we gave them. Uh, I think we missed touch on penalties for us to get good field position three times and it just meant that uh, that we were chasing our tail and they had so much ball in our 22 and our half in that first half that uh, it was very, very tough going. Tom Savage from Three Red Kings will be along to analyse that and we have a massive Senior Hurling Championship final preview. We'll be talking with Cork legend Mark Landers and we get all the, the reaction uh, from the Glen Camp and the McKillie Camp ahead of tomorrow's game. Eight six eight one zero four one zero six. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, tweet us as well at Big Red Bench. Kieran Regan is here. Kieran Regan was at Congress, and the tier two, uh, two tier, I should say, football championship was adopted. Were you surprised by that, or was it kind of expected based on all the reports during the week? Um, when we got up there, we were kind of told, "Yeah, look, it's it's going to pass." Um, it, it did seem with the counties coming out during the week, stating which one they'd vote, which way they'd vote for. Mm. You kind of got the the inclination that it would go through and any motion normally that the GA proposes usually goes through um, they, interesting you know. reaction to it on Twitter a lot of people saying this is the death of the football championship some people kind of more lukewarm to it but it's it's, it's been kind of negatively received just what I've been seeing on Twitter anyway yeah I think because a lot of people are going by the Tommy Murphy Cup which was there years ago and teams started pulling out of it because they didn't really have much interest in it but yeah. at the end of the day this can be changed in a couple of years again if it's not if it's not really working but I think teams should really give it a go like without not picking on Leitrim but Leitrim's chances of winning a Sam Maguire title would be fairly slim you'd think they have a good realistic chance of winning a tier two All Ireland, which yeah. gives them automatic um, entry into the Sam Maguire competition tier one next or the following year. Uh, I think it's definitely worth a try. Something had to be done because the competition is it's a bit like the Rugby World Cup. Um, a lot of kind of meaningless, meaningless matches. Until they get yeah, everyone knows who's going to be there for um, the most part. Of course, it has big implications for Cork because if Cork don't beat Kerry. This summer, that means that they won't automatically qualify for the Sam Maguire unless they progress from Division Three of the Football Championship. Yeah, there's going to be uh, ask Tracy about this, but it is going to put pressure on teams to um, get promoted. The top two mm. will go up, uh, the bottom two in Division Two will go down. That means they'll play uh, at Tier Two, so there'll be a lot of competition uh, in in and pressure up in uh, Division Two. But a lot riding on on Cork, yeah. Um, but I suppose before the Monster Championship comes around and that Kerry game, you'd be hoping that they would uh, win Division 3. Yeah, you'd, you'd expect them to progress from Division 3. Surely. Surely. Surely they will. Um, now that we've given them a big, massive jinx, I'm sure they'll appreciate that. <laughs> Probably Aaron McCarthy, I'm sure, is driving I'm sure down. I'm sure he's listening to uh, jinx us. They jinx us. Uh, they're, they're doing a lot of uh, work that they can do legally mm. or legitimately I suppose behind uh, closed doors the football team so um, yeah look there is a bit of pressure but you'd, before this happened you'd already be saying Cork should be coming out of Division 3 up. Well, to we're going to be carrying the semi-final anyway so this is all moot well, that, it's your, your, your silence there spoke volumes um, I, do you know what I was only almost going to say a curse right there um, I think Cork We'll give them a game next year. I really yeah. do. Genuinely think they'll give them a game. There, you know, Keen O'Neill on board as coaching officer now as well. There's a lot of work being done. There's those players coming up from minor and under twenty. I think there might be one or two, possibly bypass. Um, not the minor team. Um, they'll bypass the under twenties. Uh, fellas coming up from the the minor team. So I think that there's the bones of an absolutely fantastic outfit there for next year. It's whether they just get the results like like they did have a good year this year. Yeah. They just started off poorly, um, and that's it cost them in the league. So uh, hopefully, look, um, there's a lot of talent there at the moment, and they'll be doing lots of work with Keane O'Neill, and hopefully yeah. that will benefit them. But yeah, very busy day, uh, as mentioned, all the, the action happening with Congress. There was a couple of other things as well, uh, the, the advanced mark, the sin bin. 
That's a big one. And the kickouts. Um, they're very complicated, yeah. convoluted. I was looking a bit at it and then my eyes just glazed over. It's like, Kiron, explain that to me. <laughs> so, Kiron, explain I, it to me. I, I have a lot of marks, um, a lot of ticks. The referee nerd here, and I was like, yes. Um, the no, intricacies no. of refereeing. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, for the advanced <laughs> mark, there's a lot. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of uh, referees will have to to kind of watch uh, Pat Doherty he was the referees manager in Crow Park right. he's now the operations manager in Westmead he spoke out against it because there's so much to think about you have to decide did the ball come out so far did it cross a certain threshold for the, you know to get the mark um, is the player who's defending it so far away distance wise it's now gone from 5 seconds to take the free to 15 um, you have to count that I know you can say look at the watch but at the end of the day that's another thing to be worrying about there's so much in that um, it's a lot to take in for a referee and to analyse and there is and uh, there is there is there's an awful lot in it. the sin bin there's a lot in this as well this passed uh, hugely this feels like a big thing because I mean like now instead of a black card and a player being replaced by another player it's down to 14 for 10 min or 10 minutes for 10 minutes and if there's a match with extra time it'll carry over into the extra time if we'll say there yeah. was 5 minutes left in normal time but um yeah, so it's 10 minutes in a sin bin, a player who commits a cynical foul. Or in, look, what a black card is at the moment. Um, he'll get the black card once he doesn't have a yellow card um, already. Mm. If he gets that, then it's a red card. So it's the same as it is now. He won't get a sin bin, it'll yeah. be a red card. If he's already been booked in the game and then gets a black card for the sin bin, he's off. Doesn't You can't replace him. Uh, as you you can't know um, so basically they'll be down to a man for the rest of the game as opposed to just 10 minutes right. convoluted yes. like I said um, yeah there's a there's a lot to that um, and kickouts are now from the 20 metre line that's the other one kickouts from the 20 that's uh, that's very straightforward um, yeah. you know it's, it's just a kickout from the 20 metre line that passed 83% I'm not sure why anyone would go against it but 16.9% did um, so it's just a change in the wording of the rules so uh, to amend the words from the 30 metre line within the large rectangle to from the centre point of the 20 metre line and shall be kicked forward so you can't kick it back I don't think anyone would be doing that anyway uh, but it has to be kicked forward and uh, players must be outside the circle arc and 13 metres when th- until the ball is kicked right so th- this happens a lot in games if the ball is kicked um, and the player receives it he's only 5 metres away from the keeper that's allowed once he's 13 metres away when the ball is kicked okay. but then the referee has to was that my, eyes have, my, my eyes have glazed over again um, look it's, <clears throat> it's convoluted it's a lot of wording and stuff when it happens in matches people don't take much notice and it, it kind of works seamlessly um, I can't imagine there'll be any issues with the, the kick out maybe at the start of the year Getting confused. There, there might be a bit of confusion with the advance mark and, and the sin bin from just players not really understanding it all that well because that happened with the mm. mark um, when that was first brought in there was a tiny bit of confusion um, and with the, the black card as simple as it sounded um, without going into detail there was a bit of confusion about it so there could be next year in the early competitions mm. all these rules come in in four weeks time Okay, it won't affect Monster Club Championship Mm-hmm. because that competition will start in two or three weeks time um, so essentially it's pre-season so they won't change the rules in the middle of a competition what you're saying yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't happen so yeah. they come in, in in four weeks time but yeah plenty happening uh, in parking yeah I hear from Tracy Kennedy and uh, Sean Kelly just a little bit on that yeah uh, there was two games in the intermediate football championship semi-finals as well Gabriel Rangers from very west Cork they defeated uh, Drum Tariff 16 points to 15 game going right down to the wire there and in the other game in that competition Knocknagree uh, defeated the um, Aidan O'Mahony coached Mill Street 321 to 18 Knocknagree really a class above everybody in that competition and you know mm. what they could because both teams go up to Premier Intermediate next year Gabriel Rangers and Knocknagree um, Knocknagree certainly will give uh, Premier Intermediate teams a run for their money there there was also um, action as well 
In the Intermediate Hurling Championship, relegation, uh, Ballon Hasig defeated Kilbritton 4 8 to 2 13. In the Junior A Hurling Championship semi finals, it's going to be an all East Cork County final. Nice. Uh, yeah, Russell Rovers defeated Newmarket 19 points to 12, while uh, Carrick Navarre defeated Ballon Scarthy 118 to 17. Carrick Navarre and Russell Rovers are playing the final. They already played in the East Cork final with Russell Rovers prevailing. So that's going to be a real cracker um, in two weeks' time in Parky Rin, a real uh, East Cork uh, battle there. Um, in the Junior B Hurling Championship, we don't normally mention it, but Ballyhay have got to a county final. I wonder why you're mentioning that, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Defeated Douglas, 18 points to 1-9, <laughs> while uh, uh, Bullock have defeated Bantry Blues, 317 to 10 points as well. You're just saying that now she would have been crucified if you went home you never mention us now on the radio today. Well, look, it's the county final. You have to give them a. I don't know it. I don't know it. I don't know it. Yeah, moving on to rugby. As <laughs> we already heard, Ireland uh, crashed out of the World Cup, beaten by New Zealand earlier on, say 46 14. Not even beaten, just humiliated by New Zealand today. It was, you you it was, came into work with so much optimism. I came into work early to watch the match. I was like, look, I'm not going to get any peace at home. I come in and I watch the first half at uh, work as opposed to watching the first half then come into work. And I was so optimistic. I was buzzing. I was like, I was properly up for it. And then you could just see me, like, my interest waning and like, you know, my exasperation growing. And I'm like, ah, for God's sake. To the point in the second half, he actually started doing some work. Uh, I think after a minute and a half, you could see the interest uh, waning. <laughs> Um, I mean, at the interest winning, which you can certainly see well, my yeah, frustration growing. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, they got seven uh, tries, the All Blacks, Robbie Henshaw, uh, and uh, a penalty for Ireland there. Robbie Henshaw, uh, try, I should say, penalty try. Uh, England took on Australia this morning as well in the quarter final. That finished in a 40 16 win for England. They'll now play the All Blacks in the semi final. Locally in the Energia League in Division 1A, UCC defeated Young Munster 2014. Uh, Cork Han overcame Lansdowne. 21-17 Highfield uh, overcame Nace 38-20 in 1B in 2A Dolphin lost out to Queens uh, uh, 26-17 there in 2C Middleton defeated Brough 23-10 while uh, Tullamore overcame Sunday as well 12-8 in the Premier League Everton uh, defeated West Ham 2 goals to nil a lot of action at the three o'clock kickoffs. Uh, not well, no action between Bournemouth and Norwich. I finished nil all, but Aston Villa defeated Brighton two one. Chelsea had a one 0 win over West Ham. Leicester defeated Burnley two one. Uh, it's one all draw between Spurs and Watford, and uh, the same scoring between Southampton and Wolves. Man City leading Crystal Palace two nil at the moment. Uh, not going very well for Spurs at the moment. Yeah, they're under a lot of pressure. Pochettino's under a lot of pressure as well today. Watched a little bit of that game with, uh, against Watford uh, today. Didn't look at the races judging by the reaction on Twitter as well a lot of frustrated Tottenham fans and then a lot of Man United fans saying we'd take Pochettino at Old Trafford but they have a lovely new stadium in Spurs maybe there's a stadium uh, hoodoo maybe uh, possibly that could be it uh, that happened Arsenal as well didn't it it did uh, possibly could be the reason in the Scottish Premiership Celtic ever gained top spot after a 6-0 win over Ross County in the FAI Intermediate Cup Middleton defeated Rockmount 1-0 UCC had a 3-0 win over Douglas Hall uh, Leeds beat Ballonhasig 1-0 uh, Ringman Rangers overcame Cargline 2-1 and Everton had a 5-1 win over Leeside uh, Castleview taking on Carrigtool the latest there was uh, 3-1 in that game in golf Gavin Moynan remains in contention at golf's French Open he's 800 par after a third round 6 He's five shots behind clubhouse leader Nicholas Colsarts. Graham McDowell's six shots off the lead after three rounds of the CJ Cup in South Korea. The Ulsterman is nine under par after a 68 today. Justin Thomas and Danny Lear tied at the summit of the leaderboard at 15 under. Two golfers who weren't in golf action, Rory McIlroy and Shane Lowry, they were both over in Japan. Rory McIlroy being shown on camera laughing. No, it's um, kind of all you could do really in the face of just such a, a humiliation. Yeah, um, so they were over in Japan. In Greyhound Racing, the Irish Greyhound Laurels final takes place at Curraheen Park tonight. A little bit later on than the start time of the nine race card, which gets underway at 7.35. In basketball, one game in the Women's Super League division tonight. Uh, single and Super Valley Brunel away to Liffey Celtics at 7 o'clock. And in racing, trainer Aidan O'Brien, he's celebrating his first win in the Champion Stakes at Ascot. The Breeders' Cup turn runner-up Magical was a three-length victor in the race under the ride of Donica O'Brien. The win comes just weeks after her fifth-place finish at the Arc at Longchamp. All right, Kerr, thanks for that. We will go back uh, to Parky Cueve and Special Congress and uh, we've been hearing from uh, Cork County Board. Chairperson uh, Tracy Kennedy. 
Yeah, I suppose, Kiran, as you know, Cork County Board decided not to take a position in advance of, of today's vote because we wanted to hear the debate. I think we heard convincing arguments from both sides, but obviously the decision of Congress was to introduce a Tier 2 football championship. As you say, the significant, I suppose the really significant point from the point of Cork point of view is the fact that this the so-called Tiberi motion was taken first which may have influenced people I don't know to be quite honest but it does mean from a Cork perspective that you know we'll, we'll be going into championship next year based on the league standings at the end of next year's league uh, rather than this year's which obviously is uh, of interest to us because we would be hoping to get out of Division 3 and therefore to, to not be in a position to be in the Tier 2 competition. Um, but obviously, you know, that's our aim anyway, to get out of tier, you know, Division 3. So I'm not sure that, that a lot has changed for us from the point of view that that must be our goal anyway to keep improving. And I'm sure that is the goal of our, our manager and players anyway. So, yeah, while rules have changed and so on, it, it really will make, I think, little difference to us as our aim is to improve anyway. Um, but it sounded like a silly question which way did Cork go on motion one we didn't take a decision as I say we listened okay. to the debate and voted on that basis okay. <laughs> um, look obviously it puts a bit more pressure on teams next year I would say obviously more on the manager than the uh, county board but uh, there is that bit of added pressure out to, to really you have to come true now. There is for everybody, and I suppose we all think of it from our own point of view. I was talking to um, a chairperson of a county in Division 2, and you know he was making the point that now they have to make sure they stay in Division 2, as in that they don't fall out the bottom end, as opposed to being promoted. So it depends really on, on where you are. Obviously, those counties in Division 2 will need to be certain that they can maintain or improve their position. And those in 3 and 4 who want to, you know, obviously the teams in Division 4 are going to have a much longer route if they want to get out of, of that uh, situation. But, you know, the important thing is everybody playing at a level and so on. You know, this is a decision our association has taken and we have to move forward with it. Um, there was other motions as well. There were only rule changes, I suppose, which can only happen every five years. Um, they all seem to pass pretty easily. Yeah, we discussed them at our last county board meeting and Cork was in favour of, of all three. Um, I saw them operating in the, the National League this past year and, you know, they're all of interest. I think the, the, the big change probably is the, the sin bin instead of the black card because that's a very different situation now from where you were losing a player to, to a black card now, albeit with a replacement, but now you're talking about being down a player for the 10-minute period of the sin bin. That, that, that may have a significant impact there was you know, mention here today of a, of a team scoring on average three points to their opponents one while they have that extra yeah. player so those are things we'll have to take into account I think the advance mark worked very well in the, in the Alliance League I think it's an interesting one and again these things will, will add interest to our games um, Can't leave you go without mentioning the fact that Cork hosting the, the special congress it's obviously great to have it here in Berkey Cueve as well Yeah we were delighted really you know to have the opportunity I suppose Parky Cueve is not just Cork Stadium it's a, it's a stadium of the association and it was wonderful to be able to have our other colleagues from all over the country here today and, and beyond the, the country in fact here today to see the stadium and just a reminder to us all of what it, it has to offer our association as a whole not just Cork Yeah fantastic uh, venue is Parky Cueve that was uh, Cork County Board uh, Chairperson Tracy Kennedy there speaking after today's special congress. Now, Kieran's also been speaking with former GA President Sean Kelly at Congress today. Kelly was the president when he brought in the Tommy Murphy Cup in Sinbin a number of years ago. Uh, he spoke exclusively to Elephant Sport today and he was delighted with how today went. Yeah, I was very happy because I tried to introduce the Tommy Murphy Cup. I did introduce it for three years when I was president and also the Sinbin and they were both subsequently ditched and I'm very happy now they're both back. But uh, I thought the temporary motion was very relevant to a Tier 2 because it should be based on the current year standing so that uh, if a team starts off being in the year they can uh, do well in the National League that can get them into whatever the tier one possibly but also up and standing and uh, that's the way it should be because if you're based in the previous year a team that's in it could be relegated and that doesn't make sense so Tipperary were very wise with that motion forward and then the tier two itself uh, it was touch and go because while the margin would begin the end, I think if and people hadn't spoken out in favour of it and convinced the delegates that was working way to go, it probably wouldn't have been passed. But I think it's uh, going to be a big opportunity, essentially for every player, the players in the county jersey now, to at least aspire 
to winning in All-Ireland because the worst county in Ireland and I don't like to use that term disrespectfully could aspire to beating a county that's rated maybe 10 or 11 above them but they could never aspire to winning the Sam Maguire Cup How important was that Tier 2 motion? Because uh, Motion 1 probably wouldn't have passed without having Motion 2 there No, I think you're right it was very important because if it was based on last year's league then there'd be a flaw and it would have been spotted and once you find the flaw in a motion people are not inclined to vote for it so Tipperary County Board were very sharp and fair play to them for putting the motion forward and boarding it and getting it passed here because it cleared the way and also we like to do things nowadays particularly in the calendar year so it's all now going to be based in the calendar year and it actually actually should give a great incentive and will give great incentive to counties in Division 3 and 4 to do well in the National League because they can see it as progressing and it links it somewhat with the Championship as well Um, How important was it that Motion 2 went before Motion 1? Do you think? I think that was crucial because uh, if you're waiting for Motion 1 to be passed they'd have said we don't know how it's going to apply and again once as I said you create doubt people are not inclined to vote for doubt so having clarity on that I think was very important and it was a wise move by the Utron to put motion uh, temporary motion first motion two before motion one um, a few counties spoke out against it a few spoke for it um, one I suppose the, I think the Antrim chairman mentioned that nobody aspires to win in a, a second tier All-Ireland title but I suppose you'd be not, not against that, but you disagree with that. In the term, it's it's an All Ireland title, and you mentioned like the likes of Leitrim and Longford and those counties. They can aspire to win an All Ireland title at their level, I suppose. With the if they win that, then they go up to Tier One the following year. That's right. And as things stand, they still could win if they're good enough yeah. in All Ireland any year because they're. The provincial championships haven't been changed. And that's the way it was for 100 years. That was the chance they had for 100 years. They still have that chance now. And this gives them an additional chance. And as has been pointed out, it's going to incentivise a lot of players, and especially if it's properly promoted on television, help their sponsors and so forth. And they'll have probably more home games as well, which will help... Uh, to generate business for them in, in their own own area. So I think this is very exciting. And it's the way that almost every competition in the world is uh, arranged. Even if we take the Antrim point of view, uh, should they have uh, clubs in Antrim and they have a senior championship and they have an intermediate championship and a junior championship, they all can play in the senior championship. If they did, they'd probably have to be an out of existence at this stage. And the same in every other county. And it works in naturally because the most important thing, I think, when you're competing is at least to have some uh, hope that you'll win something and that you can compete properly and aspire to getting better and better over a period of time. And just very quickly, uh, I suppose a quick mention on the, the rule changes, the playing rule changes, uh, football related, the, the sin bin, the kick out um, and the advance mark as well, they all passed uh, pretty comprehensively there. Yeah, they all passed and I think it shows the value of doing your homework as well. But people were able to see the advantages of these uh, in terms of how the game was evolving and so forth. So obviously the advanced map was seen as something that would help in the fielding and kicking. So I think that was something that people said we'll give it a go. And of course they saw how the black card had operated. I mean, being truthful about it, as things stood, depending on the game, depending on the referee, you could get a, a black card, you could get a yellow card, a red card, possibly or no card, sometimes for what seemed to many of us more or less the same offence. So at least now if they uh, are put to the sin bin, then they get a punishment and they can come back. And it was interesting, the statistic that was quoted, that uh, the evidence showed that when the players in the sin bin, that the opposition would probably score three points to the other team's one. Now, I'm not sure what basis there is for that, but obviously someone did analysis somewhere. But it's interesting because it, it makes sense logically. 15 should be doing better than 14, so that will encourage people maybe to be a little more mindful. But not to pay a terrible penalty sometimes for an innocuous enough foul. Yeah, it's former GA President Sean Kelly there speaking at Congress today um, following uh, today's uh, motions and uh, of course the big one uh, being um, the second tier football championship being voted in um, earlier on today. So how do you think the rule change is going to be accepted or, or, or received I should say? 
Uh, plane rules, I don't think there's going to be... Too much. Uh, no, there'll be no problem. Look, they were voted in, um, the advance mark was 68.9% uh, approved, the sin bin was 738 and the kick-out was 83.1% approved. Mm. So I don't think there's going to be any problems, um, although most of these people vote in aren't playing either um, yeah. to be fair uh, but I don't think there's going to be any major problem there will be um, uh, what's the word maybe a bit of stickiness at the start of the year there always with, is I suppose you know, there would be with rule changes um, so these are going to be in for the next five years Mm. Uh, I think it's every five years that they uh, can vote on these things so um, they're going to be in for the next few years anyway um, with regard to motion one and motion two a lot more trickier but uh, it was strange motion one was to have tier one and tier two motion two was Tipperary's motion which dealt with league standings for the thing but they took motion two first before motion one no it, it it makes sense it does make sense to go with motion two first. Mm. But I don't know why they didn't write it that way. Narrow. No, it's only um, a small technicality, I suppose, at the end of the It's only a technicality, but they ended up... There was a lot of discussion on that, mm. uh, about why it was done that, and people started calling for it to take it as as what it is on the Clare, which is motion one first. Yeah. Um, and then John Horne took a vote on it, and everyone voted to yeah. take motion two first. That passed um, quite comprehensively. A lot of people for and against it, uh, more obviously for it, uh, more counties speaking out for it. But look, in layman's terms, if you don't get, if you don't reach your provincial final, you'd be in tier two if you're a division three or four county. Um, that passed. If you get promoted from division three, you'll be in tier one. Mm-hmm. And if you get uh, relegated from division two, you'll be tier two. Once you don't get to your provincial final. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting, especially in Munster, because you've Clare, Tip, um, Cork. Uh, they're all in around that zone, the Division Two, Division Three promotion relegation yeah. uh, area. We'll say. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that pans out, because uh, there will be very disappointed counties next year who are you know relegated from Division Two. They'll probably kick up, but at the end of the day, they've they'll have had seven or eight months to uh, digest everything you know um, but yeah tier 1 passing comprehensively as well and that was to bring in the two tiers a lot of counties as mentioned speaking out against it but more uh, voting for it so it'll be interesting hopefully it gets the, the support from the players because a lot of players didn't seem to want it uh, and some counties weaker counties uh, not voting or not wanting it like the reality is I'd rather win uh, in all Ireland, whether it's a second grade yeah. or not, um, a lot of people worry that it's not going to get the respect or you know TV coverage and all that. It will get uh, TV coverage and all that. Uh, John Horn read out a text that he got from a uh, TV ahead of uh, a TV station, um, and they're saying it's going to be marketed and all that. They're going to learn from what happened with the Tommy Murphy Cup, and they'll learn from what happened with the Joe McDonough Cup earlier this year with the type of promotion it gets. Uh, but it is going to need a huge, a significant amount to uh, get that back in from players. There's going to be an all-star holiday as well for the winners. Nice. the tier two. You know, that's not too bad, you know. Can't complain with that. So, yeah, um, mm. I, look... It is what it is, but uh, yeah, they're in now for next year. Yeah, it should be an interesting couple of months ahead, right? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to preview the Senior Hurling Championship final between Imo Killy and Glenn Rovers. Going to hear from Cork legend Mark Landers to get his take on that. But up next, we're talking Ireland and New Zealand analysis to come from Tom Savage from Three Red Kings. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Right, we are going to talk rugby and the Ireland's World Cup is over after a sobering, for want of a better word, 46-14 defeat uh, to defending champions New Zealand in the quarterfinals. Um, Joe Schmidt says there's no single reason for their drop in form in 2019. One of the things that we tried to do was experiment a little bit in the Six Nations, give responsibility to a few younger players, try to build the group we try to use the Six Nations as a platform for that because we felt that we'd won three of the last five of them, that, that this is really what we wanted. And so that's why it's so devastating tonight, that what we really wanted, we didn't produce the performance that we needed on the night. And for more on the game, I've been discussing it with Tom Savage from 3RedKings.com. Just looking at the, the commentary around this on Twitter afterwards, I've seen the words abject failure used, humiliation used, embarrassment used. Uh, where do you stand after that Ireland performance? 
Uh, it, it was an abject failure. You know, uh, Ireland came into this tournament with uh, ambitions to win it, uh, and they've gone out in the quarter final in a in a very very disappointing performance. You know, none of this will be news to any of the players or the coaches. You know, they'll come off the field straight away and they'll know, look, this was a disaster. You know, Ireland to come in, you know, Grand Slam champions in 2018, but then also to, you know, have, you know, be number one in the world, you know, in theory before before they enter the tournament, to go out in this manner without without even really firing a shot. It's just going to be incredibly disappointing and uh, it'll lead to a fairly hefty inquisition, I would say. So the big question is, where did it all go wrong? Uh, look, I think Ireland have a game that, that can beat the All Blacks. Uh, a lot has been made in the aftermath of this defeat. And, you know, when Ireland lose badly, the, the losses look like this. I'm looking like the, the game against England in the Six Nations, the game against Wales. You know, there's a bit of a pattern developing here. But when you look at it, Ireland's game is based on not making mistakes, uh, holding on to possession, carrying the ball, you know, with, with a lot of kind of accuracy and, and I suppose physicality is the word you hear a lot. But it, it basically, it's very, very hard to defend when it's done well. But what you can't do is throw in a, a bunch of mistakes into that system because it just does not work. When Ireland beat the All Blacks in 2018, uh, they played they played quite a, a solid system in that game. But the biggest feature was they didn't make any mistakes. They had 11 mistakes total in that game. Uh, the All Blacks had 17 uh, in 2018. In this game, Ireland had 17 turnovers, errors, whatever you want to call them. The All Blacks only had nine. And when you look at the mistakes that Ireland made in that first half, almost every single one of them led to either a massive territory gain for the All Blacks or led directly to a try. Um, you know, and plus as well, when you've got our halfbacks, Johnny Sexton in particular, so much goes through Johnny Sexton and with this Irish squad uh, when uh, Ireland are playing well. Uh, but when he's not playing well, and he didn't play well here, missed some kicks, uh, the, the penalty kicks that he looked to drive down the line normally. Uh, some poor, you know, tactical kicking. Yeah, some of it, the lines that he was running weren't great. Uh, when when that happens, it's almost like a perfect storm. But you know, whatever whatever it adds up to, Ireland are in a road of a quarter final again, and it's just incredibly disappointing. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Ireland made a mistake, but New Zealand capitalised on every one of them. They were clinical. Just how good were they today? And are we kind of underestimating their role in today's action? I know we're focusing on Ireland's negatives, but New Zealand were phenomenal today. Oh, they were. Look, uh, when New Zealand are playing like this with such accuracy, um, they really are very, very difficult to stop. You just look at the accuracy they're handling. Their breakdown work today was just so, it was ruthless. It was hard. Uh, they played incredibly well. And, you know, you look at, did, did they learn some of the, from some of the mistakes of 2018? I think they did. Uh, now, I think they were wedded to playing with uh, two playmakers for, I'd say, since 2017 in the aftermath of the Lions Tour. I think they were kind of making that change towards the system that we saw today. But when you look at um, how they managed, how many times they managed to get Bowden Barrett into the game, how many times they managed to get uh, Richie Monga into the game, they had so many more possessions than we did, you know. And when you look at the way that Ireland, you know, we, we had 50% possession yet we weren't able to get the same amount of ball to the outside backs the way that the All Blacks were doing. And when, they, when you looked at how often they stretched Ireland's defence, it basically it started looking ugly very early and there was a real chance in that second half that Ireland could have gotten nilled and, and could have had a 50-plus points put on them. It was very, very disappointing. And from an Irish perspective, they'll be sickened because they do have a game that can beat the All Blacks. But the All Blacks in, in this game were just so good so ruthless, so clinical. They punished every mistake that, that, that Ireland made just beyond ruthlessly. And, you know, to be, I think it was, what, 21 points down and mm-hmm. uh, going in at halftime? That's a very hard lead to take uh, to, you know, to take back. And Ireland needed to be perfect from then. But again, the errors just started and compounded and compounded again in the second half. And a, a lot of it will have to be looked at now as to, you know, how Ireland moved forward from here because... Ultimately, you know, Josh Schmidt has been a great coach for Ireland, fantastic memories. He's won a lot of trophies as well. But this ultimately was a failure of his system and a failure of what uh, Ireland looked to build over the course of the last four years. You know, they came in flat. They came in looking heavy-legged. Uh, and when Ireland looked bad, um, they looked very bad. And that was certainly the case here. It's Smith's last game, of course. What's his legacy? I mean, like, you talk about your, your Grand Slam successes all you want, but, I mean, like, ultimately it's on the world stage that you're, you're ultimately judged, I suppose. It is, and look, when you look at Ireland, 
you know, and Joe Schmidt said this himself after the game, you, you carry your scars way more than your successes in this game. And I, I think from Joe Schmidt's legacy in Ireland, ultimately when, when we look back on this in, in, in five years, six years, longer even, he'll be a guy who will have been seen to have raised standards in this country for you know, what, what is expected from coaches and what is expected from players. He's been incredibly successful. You know, he, he's, he's taken Ireland to, you know, beating the All Blacks. You know, we, we, we certainly lost this game for sure, but before this, we'd never even come close to, well, we, we, to, to getting two victories over the All Blacks was, would have been unheard of, you know, even 10 years ago. So in one way, he's, you know, raised Ireland to, you know, fantastic levels. And I, I think that that can't be forgotten. But ultimately... The, the style of play that, that Ireland looked to go for is, is quite mentally taxing on the players. The, the detail required is huge. And when it doesn't work, and, and coaches live and die by this all the time, when it doesn't work, you get questioned. And, and the questions start to rise over, you know, Ireland's performance in World Cups has been pretty poor over Smith's tenure. Uh, Overall, I'd say the balance is more bad than good, yeah. or more good than bad, rather. But I, I think that... You know, in the aftermath, I think we, we we'll be seeing quite a departure from how Ireland will look to play going forward. Yeah, and is Andy Farrell the right man to do that? I mean, like Ireland well beaten today. I mean, like, is it look like a premature decision to appoint Andy Farrell so early? Uh, well, I think you have to look at who's available, and I think you have to look at trying to build as much continuity on success as you can. I think when this decision was made, Ireland had just won a, a Grand Slam, and I think from that perspective, I know some people have said, look, did Schmidt maybe have too much of a long goodbye? I'm not sure I'd buy into that personally, because Warren Gatlin has had the same, Steve Hansen has had the same at the All Blacks. I don't think that's the case. But I think that... Uh, Andy Farrell now will certainly have a, a remit and he'll certainly have a mandate to, you know, make some radical changes around selection, you know, have a look at some of the guys who would have been stalwarts under um, under Schmidt may now find themselves under threat. And I suppose this is the, the kind of the situation now is if this is the start again of another World Cup cycle, I suppose, from uh, Andy Farrell's perspective, I think he has to look at this and go, who are going to be my main men? a year out from the World Cup next time. I, I suppose you could make an argument that Ireland did maybe peak a year too early. And I suppose that's something that Farrell now will have, uh, you know, a fairly long winter coming up to the Six Nations again, looking at guys who are, you know, I, I think it's a clean slate for a lot of players, for fellas who may have found themselves on the outs, which make for whatever reason, or some fellas who might not even be in the Ireland you know, Ireland frame right now. Um, the, the opportunity is there for them to make a case that, you know, look, well, we, we had ultimately the last cycle ended in failure at the World Cup. Yes, there was a Grand Slam. Yes, he beat the All Blacks. But now we're looking to try and build going forward. And, you know, it's a huge opportunity for young lads to come in and, and for even guys who might not be not so young to come and make a case why they should be the men that Andy Farrell needs to rely on going forward. I suppose the question on every Ireland fans lips today is would Ireland have performed better against South Africa or were they to meet in a quarterfinal? Uh, I think you, we, uh, the mistakes wouldn't have been as ruthlessly punished if we're to say that Ireland would go out and you know play as nervously as we did. I think in that opening five ten minutes, I think you could say, yeah, look, they wouldn't have been punished as ruthlessly, perhaps. But you know, and I suppose you could look at it that it would be a, a simpler proposition. South Africa presents a more, uh, I suppose, physical challenge than I suppose with, with the All Blacks. But when you look at you know, Ireland, if, when, they, when they make this amount of mistakes, turnovers, you know, handling errors, you know, some elements of indiscipline as well, it's very hard to perform to the level that Ireland do when they're at their best. And, you know, Schmidt made reference to it afterwards that some guys were ready very late in the week. You know, some guys were coming in not fully fit. Again, I think we looked very leaden leg, yeah, for sure. But again, that's on Ireland to make sure that you're ready for knockout rugby. And I think that's that again would be all part of the Inquisition. Would we have beaten South Africa? I think it'd be easier to beat them. Yeah. But if Ireland played like this, all bets are off. You know, they, they, we, they could easily have lost to South Africa playing like this too. Yes, certainly could. Um, can England stop uh, New Zealand next week? They absolutely can. I think England are a very dangerous side. You look at how they dispatched Australia today and, you know, they've got all the sort of ingredients that you look at for World Cup winners. Guys playing incredibly well. Their pack is looking outstanding. They have depth in, in a lot of positions. There's only a few guys who I would say are, you know, set and nailed on. Everybody else could make a, a, a discussion one way or the other at 10, 12, 13. You look at their back row. Curry, Underhill, Zunapola are all playing incredibly well. 
I think that the All Blacks will have a much tougher time against England and England will be backing themselves to, to beat the All Blacks especially when they're playing as good as they are at the moment Alright very finally Tom tell us a little bit about our three Red Kings and tell us a little bit about your Patreon uh, yeah, my Patreon is at uh, patreon.com forward slash Sherry Kings. What I do on there is I'm going to have a look at in detail how Ireland lost this game, uh, how Ireland can look to build going forward. And, uh, you know, with plenty of gifts, video and uh, other kind of technical analysis on there as well. So that's on patreon.com forward slash Sherry Kings. That's just two euro a month. Excellent, Tom. It's been a pleasure talking to you, sir. And I know that we'll talk to you again in the future. No bother, man. Thanks very much. Yeah, great to talk to Tom Savage from Three Red Kings about uh, today's defeat to the All Blacks. 46-14 was how it finished. Uh, We'll have more on that on tomorrow evening's show. But we are running out of time rather rapidly. Uh, So we are going to plough on in here uh, from Cork legend Mark Landers, of course, tomorrow. Massive, massive day as Imo Killy and Glen Rovers go head-to-head in the Senior Hurling Championship final in Porcupine. Imo Killy uh, going for three in a row. They're looking to become the first side since St. Finbar's in the early 80s to do that. The Glen haven't contested a final in that time but did win the previous two finals before that uh, ahead of the game Kieran's been speaking with Cork legend Mark Landers It is, it is a massive final uh, Kieran and I suppose the big thing is I know that the Michele are going for three counties in a row but the big thing is that the Glen had won the three the two previous counties in advance of the Michele winning the last two so you have the the champions for the last four years vying for who's going to get three county championships I suppose in five years so I suppose in, in the current form in Cork in, in the club championship uh, these are the two farm teams Glen Rovers and Emmy but as you say there's, there's an added bit of spice and stuff out that Emmy Killy are trying to join I suppose the Glen and the Rockies as the only three teams that have won three in a row uh, counties and Emmy Killy I'm sure we had that in the back of their mind and, and the biggest question I suppose Kieran as well way in their mind or whether they can deal with that pressure of three in a row Yeah a lot of people over the last few years saying or well maybe over the last two years certainly this year that Amy Killy were always going to get to the final and they'd probably more than likely win it because they were a much stronger outfit than other teams but there seems to be a, a consensus around that Glen Rovers are the team that could pip them in this final yeah, well, I, I think that, um, you know, there can be nobody argue if Emmy win the county for the third time in a row. They've beaten Middleton in the fourth round, Sars in the quarter final, the Bears in the semi final, and the Glen Rovers in the final, if they win it. And I suppose that is a massive testament to the team and the panel and the management, and I suppose the strength of hurling and I suppose junior and intermediate hurling in East Cock at this moment in time. But I think in Glen Rovers, the fact that I've already mentioned it, the fact that they have two counties, one in 2015 and 16, you know, and, and the emergence of Amy Killy came along then and, and, and the Glen didn't get, get back to finals. But I, I think, you know, I suppose in the fact that Patrick Horgan is the one man, and I suppose if you go back through history, that there has been county finals won with one individual having particularly strong performance and as a 2001 is one that sticks out in my mind where Blackrock beat him Achille, and Alan Browns I think went on rampage that day he got 3-7 and then a number of years ago you had Conor Lahan who had, you know, did a one-man show again when they won the county so I, I think from you know you know, can anybody stop him Achille? absolutely in any given day in any given final no matter how hot favourites any team are they can be beaten if, they're, if their focus isn't correct and if their determination isn't right on the day but I suppose the big thing for me is like if Patrick Hogan turns up tomorrow with Dig Lynn and and he has a one of these mercurial performances which he's quite capable of having, you know, you could see the, the Sean Ogmuffy going back to Blackpool tomorrow evening. Yeah, well, you mentioned Patrick Horgan there. Obviously, he's lethal. He's the main man for Glen Rovers and surely Fergie Condon will have a, a plan for him. But one thing you, well, I suppose you can plan for it in, in certain respects, but it's the freeze uh, you can't allow Patrick Horgan get on freeze. Yeah, and it was and But you know what? The funny thing is that that applies for both teams at this moment in yeah. time because I, I think one of the things, if I was trying to stop him, Achille, uh tomorrow evening in, in, in winning the championship, I'd be curbing the likes of Seamus Hannity, Bill Cooper and, and, and Brian Lawton from scoring from playing play and I certainly wouldn't be conceding any freeze from 100 yards in because yeah. Dickie Dotson is lethal from freeze and penalties but equally the same thing applies to Patrick Horgan I mean he's a fantastic free taker both at club level and inter-county level so I suppose the game in particular I think the same thing will apply for both but the big thing for me is you know can Patrick Hogan produce one of these performances where he could latch on and maybe score 2-5 or 2-6 
and add seven or eight frees on top of that score as well. And like, just looking at the scores from from a Minimikili point of view, you know, their average score this year in the knockout championship, the knockout part of the series is 27 points. And like, if, if, if Mikili are going to be beaten tomorrow, you know, the Glen are going to have to put the shackles on that scoreline. You know, the four, their, their defenders, sorry, would have to, you know, I suppose like Stephen McDonnell and Brian Moyle and David Doolan, you know, and young young Downey, they'll have to really play to the maximum tomorrow night. Uh, sorry, tomorrow to to try and keep that scoreline down because Imi Killy will play an offensive game. They scored three thirteen two years ago. They scored four eighteen yesterday. Uh, sorry, last year in in the county final. So I suppose from that perspective, I don't think there's any fear that Imi Killy will score and they will go for goals. But for the Glen to win, uh, you know, their defence will have to get a latch on to the, 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 to the big guys for Imi Killy. I suppose, I don't know whether you saw the two semi-finals, Mark, but maybe they, they weren't, maybe the standard people would have hoped for with Glen Rovers comprehensively defeating Carrick Tool um, and uh, Imi Killy overcoming the Bears, but the Bears were missing six, I think, or, or in our own six of their starting team, mm-hmm. and they did put it up to Imi Killy, to be fair. It is. Did it? Did it? And, and like you know, yes, you're right. One of the semi-finals was was one-sided in one respect, and I think you're quite right in saying that the, that the Bears were missing a number of players, and particularly Owen Finn, I think you know who yeah. you know would be one of the top scorers as well. And when you, when you're without a player like that, it, it does have an effect on a team. But like the Bears are a team that have been coming for the last number of years now, and on the run and corner they have improved dramatically. And you know, in the next couple of years, I think you will probably see the Bears getting to the final. But you know, to like everything, you need to have your top players all the time and you need to have a full panel of players and I suppose when you look at Immaculate the fact that they've been able to lose the likes of Nilo O'Leary and Colum Spillane and Kieran O'Brien out of the defence from last year and they're starting with you know six new defenders from you know seven, eight, nine from their, their defence last year it, it's a great testament to the panel of players they had and I suppose going forward for next year we already know the decline and Father O'Neill won't be part of the panel next year with Amy Kelly. But then, you know, you can replace him with the likes of Shane O'Regan, who, you know, is a cock on a 21 and had an outstanding season this year. He's not even making the starting 15. So, like, you know, I, I suppose the, the one worry I'd have for the Glen is that maybe they're coming into the final maybe not battle-hardened, you know, from a semi-final game. Yeah. But, like, previously to that, they had a, they had a cracking game against Charleville above a Mallow. That, mm-hmm. that game could have went either way. And they also had a cracking game against Newtown Chandram. Yeah. That game could have went either way. So, like, if the game does tighten up tomorrow night, um, you've seen the Glen, to be fair, have come through in two tight games there. And, you know, the weight of three in a row just may affect the McKilly, but... You just have to wait and see how that'll pan out. Do you think there could be any, uh, for lack of a better term, and no pun intended, but hangover from the Father O'Neill side of things, considering they won a huge title uh, the other day? Yeah, like, is it certainly something that will probably concern the McKinney management? Um, I suppose I can only just remember from my own experience when, when Killer were playing in the county final in 98 and in 2001, those intermediate county finals were played the week after the senior county final was played. Mm. So this is actually the first time that the intermediate final was brought forward to be played before the senior. Um, like, it possibly, uh, you know, it, it may, but no. Knowing the players involved, the likes of John Melrick and Dickie Dalton and Mark O'Keefe, they're very focused, very driven players. And like, you know, both Jor and, and Dickie didn't start in, in last year's win for Amy Kelly. And I think they will be trying their damnedest to, you know, have an intermediate and a senior middle in, in the one year. And probably cement their future from a cock point of view as well, because yeah. I think both of them. Will will possibly step up into the Kieran Kingston's panel uh, for the 2020 season, and will be trying to uh, just stake a stake a stake a claim in the team. Another driving force, possibly for some of those Emmy players, Mark, is the the change in the championship structure next year means that uh, all the Klein and Father Neils players on the team won't be involved with Emmy next year because they'll be senior B, and that excludes them from playing with their division at senior championship. Um, I think Paddy O'Sullivan was was quoted as. Mentioning, you know, it's great to be playing senior with the club, but you you, you want to to win the senior the, the with the the division that you're mm. playing with, whatever. But um, could that be uh, driving for some of them? Yeah, 
I, I would say yes. I mean, there's no question that I suppose for, for the father Neil and, and for Paddy Sullivan and anybody involved from Klein, you know, it will be their last year probably playing um, mm. with with him McKilly on, on the senior side of things because they'll be now look you, you have relegation and stuff for that involved, which is a good thing in in all the divisions, whether it's a senior or premier, premier senior, you know. Um, but I, I, I think it's more. I think they will be looking for you know the three in a row. I, I think. You know, I suppose the '97, '98 team. You know, we we didn't achieve the three in a row at the time, even though we we played in three finals. Um, we played '96, were beaten by Avondu narrowly after a replay. So, I, I think you know that the three in a row is a big thing for him, Achille. And I know the management and the players will say that they won't be thinking, but but I suppose down in East Cork, you know, everybody does look like the, when you win your first one, you want to go back to back, and then yeah. when you have your back to back, you're looking for three in a row if, if you can achieve it. But I, I would think, you know, that that Achilles' strength and depth at the moment, Kieran, is is just it's 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 amazing, and you know that's down to Fergal Condon and 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 the likes of Derek Ballard and Jimmy Smitty. Mm. And Kieran Cronin and Seamus and Sean Hannity that they have they have drilled the spirit. Like you, you have to go back to 2014 when nobody really wanted to be involved with the Amy Kelly panel. They were struggling to get players. They were struggling to get management. Fergal Condon took it on in 2015. Was a slightly unlucky against Erdogan's own mm-hmm. um, in 2016 when 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 they got a late goal to beat them. But they stuck together and they've reju- reju- rejuvenated it. The panel, re- you know, rekindled what Amy Kelly was all about back, you know, 15 years ago. Um, like everybody wanted to play for Amy Kelly. And that is what Fergal Condon and his management have done. Everybody wants to be involved with him, McKinley now, and he's given him the opportunity. And, you know, the big thing is, is well, like it's a launching pad for Fellas' career. So you yeah. you look at Niall O'Leary from Castellines. You know, yeah, he played minor under twenty one for for Cork, but he wasn't really involved in the senior panel. And next of all, he's he's won two county medals, you know, at nineteen and twenty years of age as centre back. And it's a great launching pad for him. Then he went on to win a Fitzgibbon with with UCC and 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 came into the Cork panel last year. But you know, it, it is a launching pad for Fellas' careers uh, yeah. to give them an opportunity and put him in the shop window for the Cork team. And finally, Mark uh, Tippy. And McKilly, do you think? Or which way? Do you I think, think so. Yeah. I. I mean. I, I suppose for me, you know, for the Glen to win um, tomorrow, you know, as I've already mentioned. Patrick Hogan is, is, is key obviously you know must get a massive performance yeah. out of him you, you know they must curb the likes of Seamus Hannity and Lawton and Bill Cooper and I suppose you know um, no freeze for, for Dalton like you know and, and, and like you know on Amy Killey's side in, you're, you're hoping that Amy Killey won't be fired up and they won't be driven which I can't see happening to be honest with you but it does there are some teams when you're on the road a long time fatigue does set in and ambition you know once once you secure those county medals maybe sometimes fellas are happy enough for that but you, you really won't know until un, until you actually go out in the field tomorrow and you, you'll know after 10 or 15 minutes the way the bounce of the ball is going but I suppose what everybody is looking forward to tomorrow is that we have a fast and I suppose a free-flowing game and it doesn't come down to a Patrick Hawken and a Dickie Dawson shootout. That's really, I suppose if I'm a neutral going into the game tomorrow, I want to see a good, hard, clean, tough game of hurling. I want the likes of, you know, the referee net and what to leave the game flow, leave it develop. And, you know, we'd love to see goals tomorrow because I think anybody going to the match tomorrow wants to see goals as well. So no freeze and plenty of goals and, and a very close game. Spoken like old school Harlan. Mark, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No, well, thanks, Your Honor. The legend that is Mark Landers. Not asking for much tomorrow. No freeze, close no. game, uh, plenty of goals. Um, very quickly, Kronks, we're running out of time. How do you think it's going to go? Yeah, I can't yeah. give a straight answer, but thanks. the Glen are probably the one Get off that can fence. put it up to McKilly. It'll be real good battle and we have a big preview podcast coming on shortly yeah that's going to be up in the next hour uh, previewing uh, the county hurling final we have interviews with both camps as well very uh, interesting listen to so if you want to uh, preview the game we'll have that online redfm.ie or wherever you get your podcast from very very shortly we're out of time thanks very much indeed for tuning our way we're back tomorrow from 6 all the reaction from the senior hurling championship final on tomorrow evening show enjoy the rest of your Saturday evening folks uh, and we'll talk to you tomorrow the Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.